0: Hey, Proof Listeners, today is our last bonus episode, well, at least for now, and we've loved answering all of those great food questions that you sent to us. Some of them were so weird, and we love them. So today we're answering a great question, and that is, how do you avoid getting a brain freeze? So we wanted to get to the bottom of this, and here to talk about it a little bit more is our producer, Sarah Joyner. Hello. Hey, Sarah. So are you an expert on brain freeze?
1: Not quite, but I do get them. (laughs) And I get them in very specific locations, and I actually have a theory that, like, where you get a brain freeze might run in your family, because my sister and me get it in the same place as my mom, and my brother gets it in the same place as my dad. But that's neither here nor there.
0: So you are a chronic victim (laughs) of this insidious thing known as brain freeze. Yeah,
1: either that or I, you know, drink too many milkshakes. (laughs) Well, the cool thing about brain freezes is that, you know, you don't feel the pain where it is, right? You know, our mouths are cold. So why are we getting pain in our forehead Mm -hmm. or behind our eyeball? You know, it's sort of an interesting concept, deferred pain. And that's really what brain freeze is. I mean, to be completely fair, the science is not super advanced on this yet, but the running theory is that we've got this cluster in the roof of our mouth of blood vessels and nerves. And when they get cold, they kind of constrict and tighten. And then when our mouth sort of rewarms itself after we swallow the cold thing, it'll sort of open back up again and the theory is is that that changing between the squeezing and the relaxing of this cluster of nerves and vessels is what's causing this pain but it's deferring to somewhere else in your head. Right. Which I think is really cool.
0: That is very cool.
1: So then the question becomes if we know that it's a deferred pain but that its cause is temperature change in the roof of our mouth how can we prevent it?
0: Interesting. Okay, I'm going to interrupt our episode for a quick intermission. It's time for today's Bob's Red Mill Grain Quiz. Today, we're calling my colleague Steve Dunn to quiz him all about the paleo diet. Hello? Hey, Steve. Hi, Bridget. So, would you fancy yourself sort of a caveman? I do. Oh, hey. (laughs) Okay, I'm joking. You're not a caveman, but are you ready for your quiz?
2: I am so ready.
0: Okay. Under the rules of the paleo diet, what can you eat?
2: So you've given me a hint here, and I thank you for that. I know the paleo diet is restricted to theoretically what a caveman would eat. So things like fruits and vegetables and meat and nuts. And you're supposed to avoid things like wheat, grains, and sugar, which would be really hard for me because I do love cake.
0: (laughs) I love cake, too. And that's a good answer, but you're only sort of right. With Bob's Red Mill's Paleo Baking Flour, you can have your paleo cake and eat it, too. It's made with a blend of almond, coconut, and tapioca flour, so you don't have to sacrifice baked goods to stay paleo. For more information and a ton of delicious recipes, go to bobsredmelt.com. Now, back to the show. Well, it turns out you actually found someone that is a well-known authority on the subject of brain freeze.
1: There was one study that was published in the British Medical Journal about 15 years ago, and it's sort of considered the most comprehensive study of brain freezes done so far. And my favorite part about this story is that the study is published by a 13-year-old girl. Really? Really, really.
2: Hi, am Maya again. How
1: are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I caught up with Maya Kazarowski, who is now grown up. She's a product manager at Google and she told me all about it.
2: So we had to do a science fair project in grade eight as part of our science class. We could do pretty much anything we wanted to do and I remember talking with my parents about what I was excited about and interested in. She liked eating ice cream but she got brain freezes and
1: so she was like you know what I'm gonna do my science fair project on brain freezes.
2: My dad is a medical researcher, so he helped me design a study to do a randomized control trial for testing whether a particular uh, variable, in this case, the speed of eating ice cream, affected whether or not you would get an ice cream headache.
1: So she went to her school, met with the science teacher, got permission from all of the students, which was not hard to get.
2: So I had 145 students across five of the classes in my middle school.
1: She divided the students into two groups, one group
2: ate the ice cream slowly. So you have 100 milliliters of ice cream, that's about a scoop and a half, maybe, uh, of vanilla ice cream in this case. And we asked them to eat the ice cream such that at least half of it was left after 30 seconds, and then eat at your own pace. And one group ate the ice cream very quickly. The ones that had the red dot on their questionnaire were asked to eat their ice cream in less than five seconds that's basically stuffing your entire ice cream in your mouth as quickly as you possibly can.
1: So one really interesting thing that she found was that a very large portion of the population experiences these ice cream headaches.
2: We had the students self-report how many times they had previously gotten ice cream headaches. And I believe it was 79% of the population said that they had previously experienced ice cream headaches, much higher than the third that was previously reported in the literature.
1: Her second contribution was that the likelihood of getting a brain freeze when you eat very quickly goes up by quite a bit.
2: And so what we found was that of the users who ate the ice cream quickly, 27% reported getting ice cream headaches versus only 13% of those who ate ice cream slowly. Um, And that is a significant difference in those two groups, showing that speed of eating ice cream is probably correlated to whether or not you're going to get an ice cream headache.
1: So at the end of the day, she had all of this data. Her father, who once again is a medical researcher, helped her analyze and write up a report. And they submitted it to the British Medical Journal's Christmas edition, which, you know, is typically like publishing funnier, lighter, more novelty studies. Sure. Yeah, but it got accepted and published. And to this date is the most extensive brain freeze study that has been
0: conducted. Wow. So back to the original question, uh, can Maya give us any kind of advice on how to prevent or treat an ice cream headache, a, a brain freeze?
1: Unfortunately, no. No. I mean, while her study definitely suggests that if you eat slower, you are less likely to experience one, sometimes you eat slowly and you still get one, so it's not a surefire method, but it will definitely improve your chances. Is that helpful?
0: A little. I'm still going to eat it as fast as I can, though.
1: I know. I mean, I just can't help myself. No. But there are a couple of helpful tips Um, One is that you can sort of press your tongue to the roof of your mouth to help keep it warm and maybe sort of uh, prevent the the rapid back and forth of cooling and warming, and that might help you a little bit. And another helpful tip is maybe just know deep inside your heart that 80% of your fellow humans are
0: experiencing the same pain as you. Misery does love company. Well, thank you to Sarah so much for clearing all this up and thank maya for us as well and thank you so much for submitting those great and weird food questions i have to say we had a ball looking through all of them and certainly answering as many as we could now again this is the last bonus episode at least for now but stay tuned for season three of proof coming soon